Y'all know why y'all here. Y'all know why y'all tuned in. Because it's Saved and Sassy. My name's Cassie. And hey, boo, welcome to the podcast. I'm saved and I'm sassy. My name's Cassie. I love God's people. So let's get to work. Boom. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Boom. Hey, y'all. Hey. I'm trying out something new because, you know, I'm getting about 30 views on each potty. So I'm excited. Praise God. Praise God. Because he is growing the market. So ignore that little jingle because that's something I'm working on. But, Brian, I will be calling you. <laughs> okay. And for those of you who don't know, Mr. Brian Stokes and his wonderful, beautiful wife, Miss Ariana Stokes, have their own podcast called Stoked to Be the Stokes, which you can find on Apple. I keep calling it iTunes. It's not iTunes. It's Apple Podcasts. They are wonderful. Absolutely the podcast. Absolutely love the podcast. Absolutely love the podcast. I'm a self-deemed Stokette. So if they ever come out with t-shirts that say you're a Stokette, that's me. Okay? Just know that's me. (laughs) Shout out Miss Andrea St. Louis. I absolutely love her and her vision. She has a podcast that you can also find on Anchor, um, Step Into Purpose. And um, I call it Wisdom Wednesdays, but I think it's just called Step Into Purpose. Step in number two purpose. When I tell you within three minutes of listening to her podcast, I got my life together. Okay, because sometimes you just be wandering around aimlessly wondering how life is going to hit you or, you know, God, how am I supposed to work this life thing out, you know? What am I going to do? And her little podcast put me together, child. I said, oh, because a lot of times, especially in the black community. Well, actually, I won't even say the black community. I'll say in any community. Your parents don't necessarily push you to pursue your passion. They pers- they push you to pursue the check, the dollar sign, honey. You be a doctor, lawyer, nurse, okay? You be a contractor. You be an architect. You be a plumber. Actually, we don't really push plumber- plumbing, but I mean... Whatever brings home a big paycheck, that's what a consistent paycheck. Because you don't necessarily push your kids to be NBA stars. You push your kids to get into sports so they can get into a great college. You don't necessarily be like, oh, you can be the next LeBron James. Some people do it, but my mom wasn't like that. My mom was like, nah, nah. We can get these extracurriculars in so we can get this scholarship so you can go to school. Either way, it didn't work because it didn't go that way. But, I mean, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. So, yes, her podcast definitely... Um, got my life together. So those are two podcasts that I follow were with people that I trust and that I actually know. I went to high school with Brian and then Miss Andrea. Um, we do uh, I would say spiritual world together, but I feel like that's extra churchy. <laughs> I know her from our church circles. Um, she's an awesome, powerful um, young woman. I just absolutely love her spirit. Um, for podcasts that I don't know but that I absolutely support. Righteous and Ratchet with Kev on stage and the love hour with Mr. and Mrs. Kev on stage. Okay. Because they get me in line. Absolutely love the podcast. Um, and I think that's what I have for advertisements today. Um, yeah. So let's get ready to rumble and let's see what we're going to talk about today. So I'm thinking, hmm. So last week we did a dump it episode and the subtopic was 
release it and we talked about deliverance and how to release some things that we um can sometimes hold on to because we identify with it it was actually a very deep podcast um I didn't realize how deep it was I apologize for those who weren't ready for it (laughs) um I don't tend to listen to my podcast because I'm still working on the whole listening to your voice thing and I know it sounds strange because I'm a worship leader and you would think that I would be used to hearing my voice but to be honest I don't go back and listen to things so I'm sorry (laughs) but it's real life things and these are things that God needs us to talk about so today's subtopic in our dump it episode is going to be shame no shame no shame so let's get ready to unload and unpack this Okay, so boom. Typically, we come to church, right? We get saved. We accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And we understand the concept that he forgives us, at least to some degree, because it takes us a long time, or at least took me a while to fully understand and comprehend the fullness of his love and um, the fullness of his grace and the fullness of his forgiveness. But on Front Street, you know, your first round through, you're just like, okay, so I understand that God forgave me for my sins past, right? So you walk in like this sense of freedom because you understand that you're not judged by God um, and that what you do in your past doesn't really bother you. But I want to talk about the type of shame that you um, accumulate, I guess, <laughs> or that comes with your walk in Christ. Because I also was taught, well, not I don't want to say I was taught, but I believed in my heart that um, once you were saved, you had to live a certain lifestyle, which is still true, but that once you um, deviated from what we knew you to not do, then you were no longer saved. So I was like the salvation snatching police, okay? I see you having troubles with your um, personal preference or like I see you struggling with smoking. I see you struggling with, you know, fornication or see you struggling with drinking. I'm snatching salvation. You ain't saved no more. You ain't saved. You ain't saved. Instead of really taking it a step further and saying you just need some deliverance. You know, uh, I'm not out here snatching people's salvation anymore. Praise God. Because that honestly like just deters people from God. But I want to talk about the shame that comes with sometimes the things that you do while you're while you are saved. Okay. So um, we're going to get deep. Please pray for me, y'all, because this is definitely a vulnerable episode and I had to delete and re-record and delete and re-record. And then I was sad that I deleted and re-recorded um, and deleted again because all the courage I had mustered up all of a sudden dwindled out. But I bind it. Oh, no, I cast them loose. <laughs> this weird of fear. Um, so let's get let's get real. So as you guys have already heard in my testimony um, in previous episodes, um. I got saved at a very young age. I got saved at the age of 13 by the grace of God. Thank you, Jesus. And I um, absolutely understand that that was ordained because of the way that my life was panning out. Had I not submitted to Christ at a young age, my life would be completely different in the sense of, I don't know if I would be here before you or, um, you know, there's just, God knows his kids, just like, you know, your kids, or you know, the people in your life, God knew just when to snatch me out the fire. So I'm forever thankful. But that doesn't mean that because I was saved at a young age that I did not incur damages or that I didn't open up any doors or that I didn't grow, go through things that made it, um, difficult for me to receive his full love. If that makes any sense. Like nobody comes to Jesus perfect because if we were perfect, he wouldn't have had to shed his blood right? So this is one of the things that I struggle with as I share, um, in my other podcasts, right? So, um, I had a very strong problem with anger. 
I had a very, very strong um, issue with anger. But one that actually followed me throughout my walk was the spirit of perversion, right? So as you guys have found out my last um, podcast, it's really by the grace of God. And I say that humbly, but I say that with like a proud heart in Christ. Like he really kept me, honey, child, chunny, bunny, let me tell you. Okay, he was like, that's not your portion. Okay, he saved the sister. Um, And he just really covered me in those areas of my life. But I'm trying to get to the point of like how these doors were opened in my life and how shame allowed these things to fester and grow when I could have just gotten deliverance. Okay, the scripture says we are overcome by the by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, which means whenever God delivers you from something, it's important. It's very vital for you to share your um, your experience with somebody else because you never know who needs to know that God can free them. You never know if somebody is holding on to a secret or won't let God touch that area of their heart because they're ashamed. Let me tell you something that I learned very recently. Um, or just accepted very recently because we hear about the grace of God and the forgiveness of God and how he casts our sin into a sea of um, forgiveness and how he never goes back to it to pick it back up. That's the nature of the of people. People will go back into your your past and nitpick, but God never does. When he forgives you, he forgives you for real. And when you come with a heart of, pretend, uh, of repentance, it says a broken heart and a contrite spirit, he will not um, turn away. I'm telling you, God is faithful, but we take on some things and we shame ourselves. And I just had to really come into um, terms like God knows everything. He knows everything. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. He knows everything. He, if he formed before I was formed in my mother's womb, he knew me. That means that even before my mother even thought to meet my father, before I was even consumed, God already knew me. He knew my nasty habits. He knew my secret proclivities. He knew the things that I would do, even though I knew they were wrong. He knew the secret desires of my heart, whether they were holy or unholy. But you know what he also knew? He knew my purpose. He knew my blessings. He knew the generational curses that I was getting ready to break. He knew that I was a... um going to be a catalyst for my generation and for my family bloodline to rededicate them back to Christ. Like we always think about the bad things, but you don't also think about the greatness that God has placed within you. He called you out for such a time as this, honey, child, boo boo, kitty. You don't have to worry about all the wrong that you've done because just as much wrong as you've done. Guess what? God has placed greater good within you. You don't have to be ashamed because God has given you the grace to overcome it. There's a difference between conviction and condemnation. Condemnation tells you you'll never be good enough. Condemnation condemnation makes you want to isolate yourself. Condemnation makes you want to hide from God and not go to him. Saying, God, like, I have this issue. What's wrong with me? Conviction? When the Holy Spirit convicts you? You be saying prayers like, Lord, expose the wickedness in this pure heart, okay? In this old heart, not even pure. It's called, you asking God to purify you. You're asking God to expose those areas in your life, those areas in your mind, those secret places that you hidden down because some trauma happens to us that um, we don't even address because we stuffed it down so much. I can remember a time where I was in prayer and I was asking God, you know, I, I know that I'm bleeding from somewhere because it's coming out in my language and it's coming out in my dreams. And it's like there's a door open. But God, in my natural self, I promise you, I don't know what's wrong. I'm not doing nothing. I'm not triggering nobody. I'm not talking to nobody. I'm not, you know, in my flesh, God. I 
I'm doing all that I can do. Okay? Jesus, what is the problem, Lord? And um, as I began to pray those prayers, because I really wanted to get purified. I really wanted to be delivered. I really wanted to be whole in Christ. And he began to show me the things that I had forgotten about. I shared in a podcast um, of how I had to forgive um, one of the people who had, um, you know, had played a role in my life um, for, for the doors they had opened um, that I had that had just come to remember it. I forgot about those memories. Chow, I don't remember nothing. And he brought it up and I had to forgive them and I had to repent for my actions. That's what God will do. Conviction brings you to a heart of repentance saying, God, I want to make it right. God, I'm sorry. God, I'll turn away from that. Condemnation tells you to go high. God ain't going to love you no more. There's a difference. So I'm sorry. Back to my testimony. So, um, yeah, perversion was a very big, a very big thing. So had me being, um, uh, how old was I? I was in like six, no. Six grade when you're getting ready to six grade when you start. Yes, six grade when you start middle school. By the time I had entered seventh grade, I got saved at thirteen, so I got saved in seventh grade. So between fifth grade and sixth grade, I had read every Eric Jerome Dickey book, I had read every Omar Tyree book, and I had read multiple Zane books. I was into erotica there's no other ways to say it by the age of eight I was bound by the spirit of pornography I was addicted to pornography you couldn't tell me anything about it it was a secret desire of mine so much so that it had encapsulated my dreams um and I didn't see anything wrong with it and if I can be very transparent with the um I honestly did not see a problem with it it wasn't until um yeah now that I think about it I didn't see a problem with it I think the only problem um the only reason why I knew that it was wrong was because I knew that I had to keep it a secret like I knew that I couldn't tell anybody and just also because of the content of the dreams and things like that um I just didn't feel comfortable telling um anybody anything and um that's how you know it's sin when you don't feel like you can tell somebody that's um before you can before we call it discernment, it's kind of like your conscience. So, yeah, child, I was just, you know, just bound with some things. But I remember the day that I got delivered at a um, young age because I just began to get um, what became pleasurable to me. Because, I, I mean, at the same time, I still wasn't into masturbation. Mind you, I'm like 13. So, oh, no, I was 13 when I was eight. So, I was like, you know, between the ages of 8 and 13, I wasn't into masturbation. I wasn't stuff like that because um, I was taught that that was wrong. You know, you don't touch yourself. You save yourself for marriage and all this stuff. But see, people talk about, like, holding your body pure. So I knew that anything that ended in sex was not for me. So I didn't have to worry about, you know, the oral sex. I didn't have to worry about, you know, anal sex, like, all that stuff. I, if it ended in sex, we was taught it was not for you. <laughs> you wait until you're married, right? But nobody really talks about keeping the pu- being pure. They talked about being... Um, a virgin, but they don't talk about being pure, pure, not just in sexual acts, but pure in your mind, pure in your spirit, pure in your thoughts, things like that. But that's the topic for another day. I'm talking about no shame. Okay. So I remember the day that I got delivered. So my pastor, um, now currently pastor Stephen R. Williams, I was 13. I went to church and he preached, he preached this message and he talked about David and Goliath. And he was talking about how David slayed Goliath, of course, with the um, smooth stones, but that it wasn't over until he took Goliath's sword and cut his own head off with his sword. Right? So I was like, wow. So David had to take a life sword and cut off the giant's head. And the topic, I think the sermon topic was cut the head off or something like that. And then at the altar call, cause this was something now the, the thing about your relationship with Christ is when he, um, when you accept him, he will change your heart. 
And that's why I say it's beyond religion. Religion makes you follow rules. Relationship, you change because you want to please your father. So when I accepted Jesus Christ, I accepted his relationship. And the things that I knew that I was doing wrong, I wanted them to go because I wanted to be pure. Not only pure, but I wanted to my worship to be pleasing to him. Like, I wanted my lifestyle to be acceptable in his sight. I wanted him to look at me and smile. Like, I wanted to change. I wanted my character to be like him, to be Christ-like. That's where Christians got the name from um, in Antioch. They were Christ-like so much. They resembled his character so much that they called them Christians. Sidebar. But um, I went to the altar and my pastor had said, um, imagine that there's a casket in front of you. And every issue, every tormenting spirit, anything that is bothering you or that you're holding yourself hostage to, I want you to imagine yourself putting it in the casket. He gave us like two minutes to, you know, speak out, whatever it was. And then he said, now imagine it being shut and buried and you will see it no more. Right. So I had took, of course, my burden of pornography because it was infiltrating my dreams. So what, like I said, what had become pleasurable became a sense of torment because now I was trying to be free and I, that thing wouldn't let me go. So I'm waking up like, that's when I started getting insomnia because I was staying up all night because I was afraid to fall asleep because I felt like I was sinning against God for these dreams because they were not pure. They were not holy. They were not reflective of the lifestyle that I wanted to live. So, um, again, that's what I did at the altar. And then that night I went to sleep and the enemy tried to creep this. Yeah. Tried to creep in through my dreams again. And I, and I saw an angel come through with the sword and he just like kind of like nicks up the scene kind of like what Zoro does if you ever seen Zoro, Zoro with the sword he does that Z and it like um tears up the paper or the screens that's what he that's what the angel did for me and that's when I have broke free from that addiction from pornography but also from that tor- the tormenting dreams okay so again this there's no shame because I'm just laying myself bare out but because um I didn't share this with anybody um I wasn't able to hope uh be held accountable in years to come so follow me and I bless you. So, um, that's at 13. So I'm free. Yada, yada. Now your sex drive at 13 is completely different when you're 18. Okay. Now I tell everybody, or it used to be my testimony that I used to tell everybody that I was not pretty until I was 21, but it really was more so that I just wasn't confident in myself until I was 21. So for, um, so from, like 13 that day of deliverance until maybe 21 it was never really an issue for me um as far as like sexual advances and things like that because I thought that I was unattractive I thought that I was too big you know and then you know game the the standard of game for men just kind of slid down the bar because they just kind of was just kind of telling you that they just wanted to sleep with you and I was like if I'm gonna sin child I'm gonna sin for somebody that wants to be with me like be my man and make me feel, not make me feel obligated, but make me feel like I can trust you. And like, this is a relationship. Like, you're not about to hit it and quit it, dummy. But that didn't happen. I thank God from That's because that wasn't my portion. You know what I mean? It wasn't my portion. But, and I'm not saying this in like a holier than thou. I'm telling you my experience so that you can understand that there is no shame in Christ. So, like I said before, the Bible says that we are overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. I had never shared this with anybody because I was ashamed of what God had already did for me. But see, shame will um, take your experiences and they'll just lay dormant, right? And a lot of times, and that's what the issue is. A lot of times people think that they're delivered, but really it's just that the opportunity hasn't come up again. Okay. Your style, your flavor has just not come up. And then when it does, all of a sudden you have all these, um, irrational desires and you showing out and you like, wait a minute, I thought I was delivered and you never were delivered. It just was dormant. 
So we fast forward forward a couple of years um, after 21 and now I'm starting to be, a, you know, I'm thinking of myself attractive. Um, you know, the caliber of men are changing. I'm starting, you know, to like men and start trying to date and, you know, try to take it to the next level. But of course, I'm covered in the blood because I'm, a, you know, and I'm also a church kid. So it comes off mad churchy anyway. So it was just it was just an experience. But because I had never dealt with my shame. The enemy was allowed to um, present an opportunity for a relationship that was completely unholy and toxic and disgusting. And it really took literally like the hand of God to remove me because it was one of those dysfunctional relationships where I was kind of like, it's going to kill me, but I enjoy this so much that I'm not fixing to leave type of thing. But because I was ashamed, I couldn't be... um, ministered to does that make sense because I was ashamed of the doors that I had opened up now mind you this is in my walk with Christ this is not me backsliding this is not me walking away from church like I'm still a worship leader from age 13 to current when I'm 28 now like I never left the church for a long period of time I think the one time that I tried to leave my brother Mikey and my um my sister aunt cousin love her (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she adopted me from the church. Um, Katisha, she was, they was not playing with me and I was gone for maybe three days and I ended up in church on Sunday and they was not, they was not playing with me until I got it right with God. So, I mean, I thank God for friends like that, that, you know, keep you on the straight and narrow. But like, this is to say like, I, it wasn't like I stepped away from God. I literally was at church all the time and I still was had these secret struggles that I was not telling people about because I was ashamed. But see, my shame afforded room for the enemy to continue to keep me bound because I was afraid and when you're afraid you can't be ministered to when you don't open your mouth you can't be fed you know what I mean so who child that was a testimony we got that's another podcast but um yeah so this relationship like really kind of took me out and it took um it took a lot for me to come up out of that relationship and then to leave that relationship to go straight into another. And then this, I was dating this guy who had a, 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 a sexual addiction. It was just, I'm just telling you, like, it was just a lot. And I'm sitting here looking at God and God is looking at me and I'm just like, bruh, this, <laughs> okay, Jesus, what is going on? And what I've grown to know as I matured spiritually is that the things that you don't heal, the things that you don't overcome the things that you don't submit to God because the thing is is like I'm very self-aware I could take a lot of self um, awareness classes I can you know talk about things to friends but if you don't submit it to God you'll attract those very things that are within you there's a meme that goes around that talks about um the men that you attract or the women that you attract are the spirits that are within you I don't necessarily agree with that but I mean that's what the meme says or like they'll um show another meme that says like your spirit just just irritates the demons and others like there's a lot of memes that go around saying that but honestly and truly what you don't heal what you don't reveal you can't heal and hurt people hurt people and there's also a saying that say birds of a feather flock together so people sometimes connect where as christians they should connect with us because of our relationship with christ they'll connect to the pains in our life they'll connect to our secret proclivities so that spirit and then will connect to your the spirit that you trying to you know hide from because you're ashamed or that you don't want to exposed because you're ashamed of and it was just a lot and i just was going through this whole season and i'm just kind of looking at god like I don't 
look, this is not, this is not my portion. This is not what I want. This is not what I'm going to deal with. And I had to open up my mouth and I had to share, not necessarily with people, but I had to go to God and I had to expose myself. A lot of times we take that, we have to tell somebody, I mean, of course you share your testimony with those who God has led you to share your testimony with, just like I'm sure this is going to bless somebody. But there are some things that you won't be delivered from until you expose them to God. God can't touch what you can't feel. God can't touch what you won't reveal. God, it's not my brother or my sister, but it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Sometimes my prayer life honestly looks like, God, I hate them and I'm happy to hate. But I know it's not your will for me to walk in hatred. And I know that that just opens up a door to bitterness. And I know that the enemy will try to use bitterness to cause cancer in my body. And I know that it will cause sickness. And I know that you called me to do greater. And I bind the spirit of infirmity. I cast it out. So help me where I'm at. And he doesn't get all huffy and puffy. He don't come down from heaven and beat me across my head. He accepts me and he honors the fact that I came to him. I don't have to be ashamed of anything that's in my skeleton closet. I don't have to be ashamed of any thought that's not like him. I don't have to be ashamed of how I feel like God. I know I'm not supposed to feel this way, but X, Y, and Z. No, God is going to honor it because you're trusting him. You got to expose yourself. There is no shame. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus Jesus died so that you could be free from shame. One of my favorite principles about his death, you know, we say he died on the cross and then he went, you know, into the cave for three days and then he rose again. Right. But when he went to hell, he went to snatch the keys. He went to unlock those people that were in hell, but he took the keys of our victory. You are victorious. You are more than a conqueror. That means that all these things that, attack you that weigh you down on this earth guess what you have the power to overcome them greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world you don't let shame hold you back so now when i worship i worship freely because i can come to him knowing god you know my baggage so i don't have to run in shame it's so freeing to say god i'm having these Thoughts deliver me. Now, of course, in the Bible, they give us practical lessons or practical things to control our flesh. Okay. The Bible also says that every thought that esteems itself above the word of God, you cast it down. So when I'm thinking things or like if you just have stinky thinking, sometimes I have really bad low self-esteem moments and it's a progress because deliverance is a progress and it's a work. Um, The Bible says that if I'm a virtuous woman, which I claim to be, then my price is far above rubies. So, bruh. Who's ugly? Who's unworthy? My price is far above rubies. Okay? <laughs> That's not my portion. Okay? Sadness is not my portion. If I feel heavy, if I'm struggling with depression, he's giving me dancing. So I'm going to praise God in my dancing. I'm trading my my sorrow for joy. You know what I mean? Like, those are your portions. The promises of God are your portion. 
Take thereof and eat, sis. But you don't have to be ashamed of anything that you've done. And that's what I encounter when I begin to minister to people. Um, people just often just say, God can't love me enough or like I've done too much. There's nothing on this earth that you've done that God won't forgive you for unless you're blasphemy in the Holy Spirit because that's in his word. And that's something that we just don't we just don't do that. But other than that, I mean, God is a forgiver. That doesn't mean that you'll escape your consequences. OK, you you know, you're a mass murderer and you accept Jesus Christ. I'm pretty you, you say, but that don't mean you getting out of jail. OK, you you still got consequences and some and he's i mean god reigns on the just and the unjust okay just the same so he can be merciful and you know it's if instead of you spending your life in jail he might you know you might be able to get out 25 years in but you gonna you know what i mean like it's just not like a white slate jesus is not just your personal magician that just erases you from consequences that's not how that works don't be trying to use god but don't be ashamed and that's what i'm here to tell you I don't have to be ashamed of my past. I don't have to be ashamed of the fact that I used to be addicted to pornography. I don't have to be ashamed of the fact that I used to do things that honestly, typically, uh, forthcomingly, (laughs) were just not holy. I don't have to be ashamed. And just as like, we can say pornography is a big thing, small things such as I don't want to forgive my brother and sister, small things such as I like this hurt because it prevents me from going further, small things, it's a small foxes that spoil the vine, repent, admit to God, run to him, don't run away from him. God, I shouldn't have said that. God, I cussed that person out and I enjoy cussing people out. Your prayer should not be God. I know I love cussing people out, but your word says that no filthy communication shall leave my lips. Help me to be careful of what I say. Make me a word. Holy Spirit, quicken me that I not stop cussing these people out. And at the same time, God, give these people, you know, a way out because they're getting on my nerves. Okay. You take accountability for your actions and stop being cussed out. No, not really, but seriously, not really, but seriously. You know, but I just want to encourage you to not be ashamed of whatever you've done. There are people who deal with depression. There are people who um, deal with isolation. There are people who are, you know, who have um, com- tried to commit suicide and they feel guilty about that. There are people who've had abortions and they can't get over that. There are people who have done people dirty and they held that secret to their grave or they hold their secrets deep to their heart and they haven't, you know, asked for forgiveness because they can't imagine God forgiving them. I'm talking to you. You don't have to be ashamed. Okay? Christ died so that you could be free. He died so that you could wipe your slate clean. Okay? In your mind, I want you to think of a graph. Okay? A, a bar graph. Okay? You always put yourself in a bar graph and your level of sin. And then you might see somebody that you think is better than you or quote unquote think is better than you. And you put their sin bar- barometer a little lower than yours. At the same time, you look at yours. Yours is higher than theirs. Theirs is lower than yours. You would think that. God will love the person with less sin. But guess what? Your righteousness is as filthy rags. That means no matter what I do, I'm still not good enough to redeem myself from my own sin. It's the blood of Jesus. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. It covers us all. So it doesn't matter how much sin in my life that I did or how much, you know, things I done in my life that are unpleasing to him. The blood of Jesus covers it so that I'm equal. So that there's no debt to be paid so that I can run to his presence, not being afraid of what I've done, but knowing that I'm still righteous in his sight because he sent his son to die, that there would be no debt. 
that I'm still righteous. And that every day I just strive to do more of his will so that he can have a vessel on this earth because he gave dominion to man. And I want God to have dominion over my life so that his will can be permeated throughout the earth. So don't let shame hold you back. Don't let shame hold you back from your callings because you're qualified. Who he qualified, he justified. Okay? It's in his word. You're qualified. Before you knew you, he knew you, which means he knew all the ways that you would go all the things that you would do all things work together for the good for them that love him that means that even in your trials he'll turn your tests into your testimonies that means even the ugliest times the ugliest moments the things that you try to forget he will turn them around for your good there's a lot of times where i couldn't find the beauty in my brokenness but to know that i can share my testimony and somebody else can hear it and still see my life and see the fruit that comes from it lets them know that they can live so that's what I'm leaving you with. There is no shame. Don't be ashamed. Be convicted so that you make a change. But don't you ever live under the umbrella of condemnation. Let's go into prayer. Father God, we just thank you for being the king of kings that you are. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for what you're continuing to do in our lives. We thank you for each and every listener on this podcast. We thank you for their faithfulness. I ask you, God, to meet them at their points of their need. But Father God, I'm call, I'm calling on you and I'm interceding on behalf of my brothers and sisters in Christ, oh God, and those who do believe and who are struggling, God, even in their walk with you because of shame. Father God, I ask you to wrap your loving arms around them. Let them feel the security of knowing that nothing in this world, no death nor life will separate them from your love. That you forgave us, oh God, that when we repent, when we come to you confessing, that you are just to forgive us of our sins. That we don't have to hide from you because you already know everything, but because you are ready to lift those burdens off of us so that we can continue to walk and be free because we know that bondage is just the trick of the enemy to keep your people from moving forward from progressing father god every personal god who's holding their gift and their their anointing oh god and their placement in you hostage because they feel unworthy i break it off of them right now in the name of jesus let them feel empowered by your holy spirit oh god stir them up stir them up to know god that you were able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think, but also to know, God, that you love them in spite of their wrong, God. And if, if you don't do another thing, God, just that your love alone is enough. I thank you. I thank you for your loving kindness towards us. I thank you that you sent your son to die on the cross so that we can be free from the debt of sin because it was his life, oh God, that, that made up the deficit in us. I thank you. I thank you, oh God. And I ask you, oh God, to continue to cover your people. And as they begin to grow in you, as they begin to stretching you god that they will leave shame uh, cast out shame oh god that they will leave it by the wayside oh god and that they will chase after you knowing that you know all things and that they will come to you god with a heart of repentance god give your people a heart of repentance to remember god that you are our battle axe and god you came to deliver you are our great deliverer so god we speak deliverance into the hearts of your people right now in the name of jesus and we thank you we give you praise and we give you glory in jesus name we pray amen and amen Thank you, Lord.
Alright guys, that's it for today. So remember, the topic was there is no shame. You don't have to be ashamed of anything. I also want to remind you that we have an email list. Okay, you can send your emails to savedandsassy11 at gmail.com. Again, it's savedandsassy11 at gmail.com. There you can send your requests, you can send your topics, you can send your encouragement, you can send the things that you don't like. You can tell me how to improve. I take constructive criticism. If it's led by the Lord, hallelujah. But other than that, thank you, Sassanets. I absolutely love you. And if you do not agree with Sassanets, you can also send in your request for a name change for the community. Um, I'm so excited for what God is getting ready to do. I just have one more announcement, which is, um, well, you probably already heard it in the beginning, but we are averaging out about 30 people per podcast. So I'm so excited. And when we start hitting 50 people per podcast, we will be selling merchandise. So I'm hyped height you feel me so i love you guys um and continue to share spread the gospel continue to be a light in the time of darkness okay and share this podcast love you guys bye